what's going on man welcome back to the basement i'm ron and today we're going to be going over three running backs that disappointed last year and kind of talk through whether or not they're going to be bouncing back big in fantasy football for 2021 now before we get into that make sure you go down below subscribe it is literally 10 22 p.m right now i don't know if it'll focus little kind of like what the the beauty bottles do i don't know 11 10 23 p.m right now i recorded a live stream earlier with you guys and we're back at it again pumping one more video out now we're gonna probably have one less video out this week than we usually do but it's because i'm dropping a massive update on patreon and i'm telling you this is probably the best deal in all of fantasy i'm not even saying like from a cheesy sales pitch perspective like a lot of these industry guys in terms of fantasy football i don't know what more you can get for five dollars a month you have my rankings in Dynasty and Redraft. You got one QB and Superflex across both of those. Exclusive spots in the Discord. You can literally ask me one-on-one -on -one for trade advice. I'm telling you, go out there, grab that Patreon subscription. I'm gonna be doing a big update where I go through all of the rankings on Dynasty and Redraft. So I wanted to pump out as much content as possible today, yesterday. These are gonna come out later in the week. But Wednesday and Thursday of this week, I'll be grinding out those rankings. Now I'm gonna stop rambling. We're gonna get into the video. Let's go. All right, I didn't turn on the AC early enough. It's gonna be a little bit sweaty, a little bit, a little bit musty down here. But you know, I think that's the perfect environment for this video. If you guys have been following along with the channel, the OG subscribers have been watching the videos. We just dropped a video where I pretty much broke down using numbers that we need to stop it with the fantasy PTSD. Just because a player has burned you in the past doesn't mean that he's going to burn you in the future. We found this using win rates in that video. I believe it was called, uh, it was called, like off my board on the thumbnail. It's stop making this mistakes or stop making this mistake. And the whole premise was that you just, you can't let players that burn you in the past affect your, your stance on drafting them in the year of current. Now, I want to do a little bit of a note on, on win rates. We used win rates in that video. Best ball win rates are over 1,000 teams. And let's say David Montgomery, for example, has a 10% win rate. Then 10% of the players who drafted DeMont won their fantasy league. Now, the average win rate is going to be 8.3% because that's just one out of 12. You know, one out of every 12 people are winning their league on average. And in that video, we specifically found that if you are drafted in the first five rounds, just because you had a poor win rate in the year prior doesn't mean you can't be a league winner in that next season. We literally found that a player's previous win rate had no correlation on their next year win rate. So one more time, whether or not a player busted for you in the previous year, it had no impact on said player's ability to be a league winner in that next year. So I wanted to use this logic of guys that have burned us in the past to find bounce back running back candidates. So using this logic, I, I looked at the running backs that had a 8.3% win rate or worse and are going inside the top five rounds of underdog best ball drafts. Now, I just want to say real quick, if you're not using underdog ADP, you're a bozo. I can't stand these half-baked takes on Twitter. I've been seeing them all the time. It's like, bro, how is T. Higgins wide receiver 33 right now? I'm going to be printing money. My guy, you're just using fantasy pros ADP taken from 12-year-olds that mock draft on free websites like NFL.com, all put in a composite and it's not helping you get any better at fantasy football. You're using these, you're like trying to exploit ADPs that aren't even accurate. On underdog, there's actual money on the line. Higgins is like the wide receiver 23 at ADP. The ADP is sharp. And that's the best place where you can practice for your leagues. So you go in there, you draft against sharks 
And when comes time for your home league, they're not going to be taking T. Higgins at the end of the fourth. They're going to be taking T. Higgins at the end of the fifth, early sixth. So a lot of these guys that you're used to getting in the fourth round and fifth round, they're going to start falling to you at crazy values. I'm already seeing it on Sleeper. I'm getting Michael Gallup and Tyler Boyd at like three rounds of discount because I just know, okay, these are the these are the players that the sharp players are drafting in round six. So when you sign up for Underdog, it's a best ball fantasy football app. I'm telling you, I'm 208 drafts deep. I wouldn't recommend it to you if it wasn't dope. So when you go on there and you deposit, use promo code RON for free $25 bonus right in the account. Right in the account, $25 just because you know me. And that's all because of you guys supporting the channel, putting all the thumbs up. Now you guys are getting those benefits. Now back to this list of running backs. We have Saquon, we have McCaffrey, we have Zeke, Mixon, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, CEH, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. Now we've already covered a few of these guys. And the guys that are obvious guys that are bounce back candidates, I don't want to recycle a video. I could have, you know, I could have hopped on here, talked about Saquon and Austin Eckler. Those are guys I really like as bounce back candidates. That's already my league winning upside video. Guys that I don't think will bounce back or won't bounce back enough for me to want to draft them at ADP. Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott. I put those in my do not draft these running backs video. So now we have a few RBs to pick from. And the first running back I want to talk about is going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys, CEH might as well be an honorable mention. Somebody give that man a trophy for my league-winning upside running back video. I almost put him up over Eckler. I really wanted to put him in that video. I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire this year, CEH. So this is a dope excuse to talk about the boy, CEH. And he's going at the 210 right now as the RB14 on underdog. And in this range, the questions I'm asking are, can this guy be a legendary upside running back? Can he have the season named after him? And can he be a first-round pick in that next season? That's a huge. That's that's huge. You want the guys that are going to be next year's first-round picks. That means that you you hit. You got a player that paid off. That's a that's a thought process I really try to get into. Because if he doesn't have that upside in his range of outcomes, then why would I risk a running back who gets injured and busts all the time when I can literally just grab Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown or DK Metcalf in his same draft spot? This is what we need to ask ourselves with running backs in these first two rounds because as I covered in my league-winning running back video, running backs bust at a 40% clip in the first two rounds. And the only way to justify that downside is by grabbing someone that has that RB1 overall upside. And I think that CEH is one of the few running backs in that round one and round two area where it's worth betting on. The thing about Clyde Edwards-Alaire is that he did burn us last year, but if we're going to be honest with ourselves and we're going we're gonna to really do some self-reflecting here, his first round ADP was kind of stupid. It was kind of dumb. I get that he was a first-round running back, drafted by the Chiefs, hand-picked by Patrick Mahomes or whatever you want to tell yourself. Here's the thing. If we're taking a running back in the first round of a fantasy football draft, they probably, if they're going to be a rookie, they probably should be drafted in the top five, like a Saquon, like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, guys that are supposed to be these generational prospects. It's such a, you know, like if Josh Jacobs goes to the Chiefs and you like, it's just a lot of like these late first round running backs are not even close to the same kind of lock that Saquon and Zeke Elliott are. But let's, let's get past that tangent for a second. And the thing that I love about Clyde Edwards Alaire going into year two, he's going in the, in the late second round. And I don't think a single thing has changed from a situation that got him drafted in the mid first last year. The Chiefs added no one to the running back core. I like Jerick McKinnon. Jerick McKinnon's my guy. But he's probably dust. He literally went to IR last year. Shout out Davis Maddock. He was talking about it. He literally went to IR last year with dead legs. Like that was literally what it said on his little Roto World blurb is he went to IR with dead legs. I don't even know what that means. CH is still the RB1 on the Chiefs. And it's pretty much the same bet as last year that we were making, but at a discount. Instead of having to pay the six overall pick, now we're paying the back end of the first. And we want to target this kind of phenomenon, if you will. That's a big word. 
in the last video we found that four out of five of the players to ever return 20 percent win rates outside of round one disappointed in the year prior and this feels really similar to todd Gurley. if you remember correctly with todd Gurley, he underperformed in year two and that was supposed to be like wheels up todd Gurley's gonna go crazy they draft jared goff jared goff sucks todd Gurley isn't great he goes in the second round the next year that's 2017 mcveigh comes in revamps the fucking offense then todd Gurley went crazy league winner kind of thing and that's what we could see with ceh because you know he disappointed in year one and i'll say i'm not in love with his talent profile but at the end of the day he's a first round pick at running back he has an all-purpose skill set he catches passes he just put up a thousand plus yards from scrimmage at 21 years old they get rid of sammy Watkins, so the chiefs now they don't have a clear passing option behind travis kelsey and tyree kill and we could see ceh kind of fall in line as that third receiving option you know when we're talking about we're talking about rb1 type ceilings there's enough passing volume in this offense after Tyreek and Kelsey where we could see CEH get 65 75 we want to talk like absolute ceiling 90 targets he could get there and on top of getting a lot of targets in the passing game he's also now going to be running behind what PFF has as their seventh ranked offensive line unit heading into 2021 they add Orlando Brown they add Joe Tooney and they, I think they're kind of overcompensating for that Super Bowl loss where Mahomes is just out there with an absolute band of brothers up front just throwing sidearm and getting tossed around in the Super Bowl. So they really made it a point to improve the offensive line, and that's going to help CEH a lot. And what really puts him over the top to have that legendary upside is the touchdown upside on the Chiefs. And what I think people don't understand is, first of all, touchdown scoring isn't really a skill. Like, year-to-year -year touchdowns aren't sticky. And the thing about Clyde Ridge-Lair is he really underperformed in the touchdown department in 2020, but I think that he, he could really bounce back in 2021 last year he only scored five times on 217 touches which was a crazy low 2.3 percent touchdown rate the kansas city backs with mahomes have averaged a seven percent td rate all the years that mahomes has been a starter now don't tell me that that's just kareem hunt being a god seven percent td rate came with two years of kareem hunt and then darrell williams one year darrell williams actually has the highest td rate of all those three seasons so i averaged them all out and that gives him about a 7% TD rate. If we gave CEH a 7% TD rate, he would have scored 16 and a half touchdowns in 13 games last year. That's a little wild, but it just shows his crazy upside in this Chiefs offense. And if we even want to get a halfway point between the three running backs that average a 7% TD rate, CEH is 2.3%. If we want to meet in the middle at 4.65%, that would have given him 11 touchdowns in 13 games last year, which would have put him as the RB4 in 0.5 PPR. The RB4. Clyde, and that was just on the workload last year. If he just gets a little bit of luck in the touchdown department, regression is coming for CEH. He's going to get luckier. He's going to have light boxes, more touchdowns, upgraded offensive line. The volume is already there. CEH is a guy that I will be taking swings on at the back of the second round. I think he's a great bounce back candidate. Now this next one, we got the poster boy for getting burned and never drafting this player again. We have Joe Mixon. Everybody out there on Twitter, oh, I can't draft him. I've been burned too much. I'm going to be honest with you guys. You know, I was going to come on here on my woke king shit you know i was gonna come on here and say you know he's burned us in the past but that's not the reason i'm fading him i'm fading him because of xyz it's not because he burned us in the past i just want to get out of that that mindset but here's the thing i dug into the numbers today and i'm i'm so back in on joe mixon boys i'm so back in on joe mixon i think he's a pretty good target going at the 205 as the rb12 and underdog now i will admit i'm not in love with joe mixon he'll probably slot in around rb12 for me which is where he's going right now. But I might move him a little bit farther back than that 205 spot he's at right now because I think I'd rather have DK, AJ Brown, and Justin Jefferson. 
but that's just because I'm kind of a whore, whore oh. for these young wide receivers, and I, and I just want to stack up as many wide receivers as I can. But I think the RB12 is a great price. And when we're drafting these running backs in the first two rounds, like we just did with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, my mindset completely changes. Obviously, all these guys can finish as top seven, top eight, top nine running backs in fantasy football. They can finish as RB1s. And that's, that's just what we're looking at. That's where these guys are being priced anyways. You know, they're only worth that selection if they can finish as the RB1 overall and post that 20% plus win rate. And at first I was going to say, you know what, I don't think that Joe Mixon has that in his range of outcomes, but I think I've come off this stance for a few reasons. One is that a legendary RB usually averages around 25 points per game, but in the second round, you could probably still hit a 20% plus win rate with like 22 points per game. And the, and the way that I'm saying that is because 15 points per game in round one is like a 5% win rate. But as you move back around and around and around, 15 points per game might be like a 20% win rate by the time you get to round six. So a, a 20 points per game might only be like a 12% win rate in the first round. But if you move that back to like the back end of the second, 20 points per game might be 18, 19% win rate, if that, if that makes sense. So you can lower, you don't have to get them to 25 points per game. You could probably get them to like 22 points per game. And with these running backs that we're trying to project to 22 points per game, we want two things. We want projected volume and we want talent. And I tend to side on the idea that Joe Mixon is an elite talent. And I know it's hard to say that, you know, we're four years into this guy's career and he's, he has nothing to show for it. We only have two 1000 yard seasons. We have an RB nine finish in 2018. He was the RB nine in points per game in 2021 or 2020 before getting hurt in week six. Here's the thing though. RB nine isn't legendary upside, but what I will say is that Mixon, I really do believe is an elite talent. Mixon is like it, just in terms of being a prospect. And I know that it's tough to talk about a prospect when the guys through four years of his career, but he has the highest yards created ever charted for an RB prospect. And that's the best data point we have available. Yards created is the most predictive stat we have for college running backs coming out of school. He has the highest, he has set the highest bar. Him and Saquon Barkley are the only two running backs drafted in the first two rounds to ever break a six yards created. And I know we're in year five and you guys probably don't want to hear prospect talk, but here's the thing about Mixon. Mixon has proven to be a stud by the numbers. He's had like the stonework situation these first four years. He's had Andy Dalton, shitty offensive lines, shitty organization. The thing is that by the numbers, if you look a little bit deeper, he's actually shown to be a stud. In 2019, his last full season we have, he was eighth in yards created per touch, fourth in juke rate, first in evaded tackles, and I see no reason to believe he isn't a talented back. So when we're making his upside case, we have to understand that he is talented. You have to believe he's talented. That's, that's what I believe. And now that brings us to his volume. He's now going into his first season without Gio Bernard taking away targets. And he's just going to see insane volume, fellas. I took Mike Clay's projections, one of the most accurate guys in the industry. And I found who has the highest amount of weighted opportunities around the league. And weighted opportunities takes into account carries. And then it values targets properly in terms of how valuable they are for fantasy scoring. Mixon is projected for the fifth highest workload in the NFL. He's getting all the volume, all of it. And because we're aiming for that ceiling, we want that 90 plus target upside. Clay has him at a 74 target pace right now. But remember, that's his median outcome. That's just like, okay, 74 targets is where he probably should be. In my opinion, I think his ceiling is probably 90 plus targets. And that's for two reasons. I know you guys are going to say that's very high. I could see him getting that 90 plus target range in that Todd Gurley area and really go crazy because Mixon, what people don't understand is Mixon was a stud receiver in college. He smashed his receiving yard market share numbers in his two years at school. He was genuinely up there with Kamara, Swift, Saquon Barkley type pass catcher coming out of school geo has just been absolutely clipping this man's wings for the past four years and the Bengals' offense this year 
they're going to pass like crazy. So you're getting a guy who has a really good receiving skill set and then a team that wants to run a lot of plays. The league average amount of plays last year was 63.86 plays per game. The Bengals averaged 70.7 plays per game with Joe Burrow. That's 4% more than expected. And that led them to average 46.88 attempted passes per game. Zach Taylor wants to pass the ball like crazy. Mixon's going to be on the field the entire time. And I'm sure we've all seen the roto blurbs where Mixon wants to be used on all downs. Price Callahan's on board. The running backs coach is on board. The fucking water boy is on board. Everyone's on board to get this guy on the field, get him work, get him a sustainable workload, three down workhorse type skill set type volume for this guy. And this is a guy we know is talented, or at least you can believe he's talented. I do. He's going to get all the goal line work. He's going to get all the passing game work on a super high volume offense that's going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of high tempo, a lot of passing attempts, a lot of plays in general. And the thing is that we could easily see this team have a huge TD spike. They could be a top 10, top 12 scoring offense because they could just be insanely efficient. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The passing game is going to be crazy. And when that's going to do, it's going to push the defense back and we're going to lighten up those boxes for Mixon. You guys got to remember, Joe Mixon has never seen a light box in his life, man. He has been on a team without a quarterback, without a great passing game his entire career. So I'm all in on Joe Mixon's RB1 overall case because I think it's worth a shot in the mid to late second round. I think he genuinely has that in his range of outcomes. Now, this last one, I don't even want to talk about him. I literally might throw up talking about this guy, but I figure we throw him in there. We got Josh Jacobs, and he just barely disappointed last year with a 7.9% win rate after getting drafted at the 202, finished as the RB12 in points per game, and is now going at the 507 as the RB20. And because of this, he finishes as the RB12, he goes at the RB20. All of the guys in the industry, on Twitter, I guarantee you they're out there pounding the table for Josh Jacobs. They're saying, well, he's a great value. I'm going to let you guys on a little bit of a secret here. Not really. He's not really a great value. I've only drafted him four times in 208 underdog drafts. That's 1.9% exposure to him. And this breakdown for Josh Jacobs isn't going to have a lot of stats because I think this, the argument is much more theoretical than it is statistics-based. Josh Jacobs is a fine high-end RB2. He's at most an RB2, though. He's shown he won't catch enough passes to be an actual RB1 at any point. And I know we're in the fifth round. So in theory, I should care a lot less about upside. But for me, I still do care. In these fantasy football leagues, in the fifth round, we're walking right into the RB dead zone. And the problem with running backs in that range, if the running back is an uber-talented they have a lot of downside. They have downside with injury. And if they're not super talented, they have downside by the backup filling their role, taking away touches. And the only way an, a running back makes up for this downside is with upside. Running backs can offer you that legendary ceiling. They can offer you league winning rates. But Josh Abes is the poster boy for the RB dead zone. When we're targeting running backs in that three to six range, that's a really dangerous spot to target RBs because that is the RB dead zone. But I'm, I'm looking for young running backs first and second year running backs that can that can catch the ball josh jacobs is just a a guaranteed touches back i, I want to stay as far away from those guys as possible he has no ceiling he has nothing he has nothing but downside you can draft him in the fifth round if you want uh, i personally there's just no way i get there because i'd much rather have claypool higgins and iuke in the fifth round those are all wide receivers i love there and i'd rather have travis Etienne and javante williams and i know you might say well ron those guys aren't really locked into touches how are you going to start them every week 
here's the thing etn and javante williams could win you leagues also by the time we get to like when we look at just like projections you know a lot of these guys in the industry they, they take their projections they take them and they sort them and they use those as the rankings here's the thing about javante williams and travis etn they might not be locked into that workload the first one to five weeks but from weeks eight and on you're probably i guarantee when we look at rest of season rankings you're gonna want to have etn javante williams over josh jacobs at that point josh jacobs isn't winning you fantasy leagues he's probably getting you like sixth place that's the problem for me or like fourth place third place that's the problem and that's gonna do it for today josh jacobs is a bounce back candidate but not one that i'm with so i'm on clyde edwards lawyer i'm on joe mixon josh jacobs is a bounce back candidate but i'm telling you just let let somebody else draft him let that shit pass you by grab grab javante grab etn or grab one of the young ascending wide receivers let me know down below comment your favorite bounce back also let me know if you have any pushback on the the guys i listed i know a lot of you guys aren't gonna like that mix and take but let me know what you think and while you're down there in the comments make sure you come up like the video makes the youtube algorithm know that you've been enjoying following along and make sure you subscribe man we're at like what 1.8 thousand subscribers you guys have been killing it i would love to get 2,000 by august 1st i think we're gonna miss that though i don't think that we'll hit that i'd love to see it though and like i said we're gonna have a little bit less uploads this week because i'm doing the patreon update remember if you want to have access to my rankings join the patreon because i have these kinds of factors calculated in there i'm not just like these other industry guys i don't sort the projections and throw them in there i got a lot of game theory that i put into these these rankings and i'm not just going to sit down and put like two hours into it to some guys when i sit down and do my rankings i'm telling you tomorrow is wednesday the next day is thursday i'm going to wake up at like 8 a.m and work on these from 9 to 7 p.m from 9 a.m to 7 p.m i'll be grinding on these rankings so if you want those Go down below into the description. Join the Patreon. It's going to have my my redraft rankings, my dynasty rankings, one QB and Superflex on both of them. Tiers across the board. I'm telling you, it is the best fantasy tool that money can buy for $5. Now, I also want to say J.K. Dobbins fits this criteria of bounce back, but I don't think he did have a 6.6% win rate. So he's like technically a bounce back. I don't think he fits this criteria. And I don't think he actually really disappointed anybody last year. Like no one has any ill will towards J.K. Dobbins. What I will say is maybe i should cover him in next week's sophomore breakdown let me know down below if you guys want to see me talk about jk dobbins in the next sophomore dynasty like centric type breakdown and that's all we got for today man i love you guys like i said i'm gonna work on the patreon i'm gonna i just did a live stream today but i think i'll probably live stream i'll definitely live stream later this week the thing is that by the time you guys see this i'll probably already have live stream but i'll probably do a mock draft live stream and then maybe a third live stream where i either go over like adp risers and followers or like cover some trades i've done in dynasty leagues that's all I got, man. Follow me at Ron Sword, on Twitter, and I'll see you guys in the next one.